From the city of brotherly love, this is Dadline. I'm Michael Sperger. And I'm J.C. Wilson. Today we're talking about playgrounds. I'm familiar with the genre, swing sets, sliding boards. We grew up with the dangerous ones, and now they're all super safe. That's right. Soft plastic, foam rubber mats, no sharp edges, asphalt. In America, yes. But what if I told you there's a place in the world where playgrounds never lost their edge? An entire city full of epic playgrounds in every neighborhood. I'm buying what you're selling. Now, where do you think you'd find such a place? What city beyond our shores has a reputation around the world for good, clean, wholesome fun? Ottawa. Did you just say that because it's low-key fun to say Ottawa? Ottawa. Ottawa. But no, guess again. Melbourne, Australia. I'm told the playground scene there is pretty great, but I don't think it's at the top of the leaderboard. Wait, is this a Philly thing? Are you playing hometown booster again? We gotta do this? I wish. We have Smith Playground, which is amazing, but the city I have in mind is playing on a whole other level. You said good, clean, wholesome fun. I did. Well, we've obviously skipped over Amsterdam. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. The city with the most playgrounds per square mile in the world is Amsterdam. Uh, wow. Right? If we did some word association and the prompt was Amsterdam, you'd come up with... A universal healthcare system with both public and private components, which might serve as the best example for the U.S. to follow from all the OECD countries. Uh, yes to all that. Okay, fine. Space cakes. I reckon. The red light district. And maybe the tulips or Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Right, Van Van Gogh, of course. Uh, Playgrounds might never make the list, but they really should. Amsterdam has an amazing story to tell about playgrounds as a symbol of renewal in the ashes of World War II. We should really hear that story. How do you know about it yourself? I first visited Amsterdam and The Hague on a work trip in the spring of 2012. The Hague, you say? I was not on trial for international war crimes, sir. You wound me. Still, I remember feeling a deep sense of foreboding that spring, a disturbance in the force. Yes, you sensed that Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe was about to happen to all of us. I can't have that time back, Michael. None of us can. JC, you do know it's hard to look right at you, baby. So you went to Amsterdam. I went to Amsterdam. I did not partake of the more famous stuff, which I guess is my loss. But I did rent a bike and ride around the city. Once I got outside of the big tourist area with all the coffee shops and the stag parties... I started noticing these dynamite playgrounds all over the place. They have big ones like we'd put outside a school or in a town park, but they also have these little pocket parks with playgrounds anywhere they have an open piece of land. I would later learn that Amsterdam has about 11 playgrounds per square mile within the city, compared with less than two per square mile in Philly or New York. That's a shed load, as they'd say in the old country. It is indeed. I took a bunch of playground pictures to show my kids when I got home. At the time, my kids were 15, 13, and 8. The older two were impressed, but not interested. The youngest one was captivated, and so was I. We started talking about how we should take a Playgrounds of Europe trip someday. 
Did you, in fact, ever take that trip? We did. In 2017, my wife pointed out that our youngest was about to start high school that fall. She said to me, if you were ever going to take that trip, you should go ahead and do it because the window of opportunity is about to close. So in August of 2017, my daughter and I spent a week riding bikes around Amsterdam, visiting every cool playground we could find. That's pretty great. And I guess with 11 playgrounds per square mile, you could probably just ride down the street and stumble across some. But do you have anything in the way of a guide for your trip? Incredibly, yes. We found a book called Play Amsterdam, which reviewed all of the playgrounds in the city. Every last one of them, big and small. And how many playgrounds was that exactly? A ridiculous number. 427 playgrounds. And I counted everything, anything that could be played on, basically. And in the book itself, everything's organized on size. So there's extra small all the way up to extra large. That's Becky Russell. She's an American expat who has lived in Amsterdam for many years. Becky created the Play Amsterdam guidebook and app, which catalog all of the playgrounds inside the A10 ring road circling Amsterdam, all 427 of them. But she didn't set out to write a guidebook. When she started, her kids were five and three years old. They're 15 and 13 now. The fieldwork that led to Play Amsterdam started out as just a way to pass the time one summer. It was probably a week or so before the summer holiday started. I happened to go a different way home, and I was maybe five minutes from a house, and I stumbled upon a playground that I had never seen, and I'm somebody who was at the playground every day. And I thought, surely, if there's, if there's one here that I've never seen, there must be loads more that I've never seen. So we kind of decided to make it a bit of a game, and we thought, well, let's try to go to every playground in the city in the summer. And um, so we had, uh, we'd called around to the, the city hall, and they said, well, we don't have a list here. You have to call to the, each separate borough in the city. There were seven of them at the time. So I called there. And uh, each one told me that there was no list, although surely there had to have been a list because these playgrounds were maintained. Um, and so in the end, we just thought, you know what, we'll just find them ourselves. So we started in the neighborhood and then we started expanding slowly and just kept stumbling upon them. And at some point, my husband said, you've, you've got to be writing these down because if nobody confesses to having a list, why don't you just make a list? And that's kind of where it started. The project took about two years to complete. It, yeah, it just became something that was not possible at all during one summer because there were just so many. And despite best efforts to get out every day, which we did, there were just, uh, there were just too many. And I knew that obsession would be the right word when I found myself thinking, you know what, I can't do this for the kids anymore because every time we go to a playground, they want to play on the playground. And then I thought, uh, okay, that's a, that's a fairly worrying thought to have. But, um, but basically I stopped going with the kids and then we would only, I would only take the kids back to the most interesting ones. And, um, and I would just bike up and down every street in Amsterdam. And there's a lot of streets in Amsterdam. There just came a point where if we were driving through the city or biking through the city, a different route than where we normally go, I would get a bit nervous thinking, oh my God, I, I hope we don't see any playgrounds because then I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to take pictures and I'm going to have to add this to the book. And it was just so much, it just became overwhelming. Becky told me that the sheer number of playgrounds in the city came as a shock to her. It's a tiny city. You can bike from one side to the far side, going the long way around in 20 minutes. And it just doesn't seem like there should be 
more than 400 playgrounds in this very small area, but, but there are. And um, I think it just speaks loads to how important this is to the city. And I think it's so great that you have uh, elected members of the, of the government who make this a priority and, and keep adding to it. As you can imagine, after visiting this many playgrounds, Becky found herself becoming an expert on the subject of children's play. There's a couple of um, areas which were parks and they're now these nature places. And it's, it's just where you can get muddy, where you can splash around in, in water, or you can climb trees. And it kind of just reminds me of what I did growing up in the countryside. And now it's in the city and it's great. And there's a couple of them where they've got lots of building materials where you can just throw together a hut and you can borrow nails and hammers. And it's just great. It's really a country experience for city kids. My daughter and I are incredibly grateful to Becky and her family for the time and care they invested in their guidebook. It helped transform our crazy idea about visiting the playgrounds of Amsterdam into a specific trip that we could plan and organize. Reading her guidebook also got me wondering, why did this happen here? What is it about Amsterdam that has made the city so committed to building playgrounds? In seeking the answers to those questions, I would come to find out that Play Amsterdam is not even the only guidebook out there for Amsterdam playground aficionados. So we are Anna and Denisa, uh, both based in Amsterdam, and we started together to work on the project 17 Playgrounds in 2013 uh, as part of our graduation project at the Gerrit Rietveld Academy. Yeah, and actually... Uh, the playgrounds capture our attention for various reasons and that's why we started to work on them. And it was funny because I grew up in Amsterdam so for me they were actually always a part of my childhood but then uh, being in the art academy and working on this project together with Denisa all of a sudden started to look at them differently more uh, from a designer's perspective so that was kind of an interesting shift. Anna van Lincoln and Denisa Kolyarova co-creators of 17 Playgrounds. Before World War II, there were no public playgrounds in Amsterdam. Private playgrounds existed, but you had to join a club and pay a membership fee to gain access to them. The war and its aftermath changed everything. There were a lot of children being born, and there, were, um, there was an increase in the number of cars in the city. So um, this meant that the children uh, within the city didn't really have a place to go out and play. Um, At that time, uh, an important figure in the history of these playgrounds was Jacoba Milder. And uh, she was working at the um, urban development department of the city of Amsterdam. And she started to think about this issue actually and uh, she often observed children in the city playing with uh, dug up sand next to trees or trying to play on the sidewalks and um, she was the first one that um, made an attempt to create a place for children uh, of their own within the city. There was a young architect working for the same department named Aldo van Eyck. Mulder assigned van Eyck to create the first public playground in Amsterdam. So as an experiment, she actually gave him a location in the south of the city to create the first public playground that would be accessible to everyone. It was actually the same neighborhood where she lived at that time. Yeah. So it was that's where the project started. It's called Bertelmann Plein. 
and the playground is still there today. Yeah, so this one was created in 1947 and it was the first accessible public playground that was done by Van Eyck in the city. Van Eyck would go on to create more than 700 playgrounds in Amsterdam. Few records were kept at the time, though, because the playgrounds were supposed to be temporary. Yeah, I mean, everyone discusses that it was over 700, but this is also something we uh, discovered through our research, that this kind of number was never there, like the precise number, because not even city archives had it properly, like, included or, like, documented and listed. So it's hard to tell, because... We have to also think that this project was supposed to be a temporary solution. So they were not meant to stay for a very long time, but it was something that they just wanted to very quickly transform the, the fabric of, uh, of the city of Amsterdam, especially in the center. And this was needed, so it was applied. But they, they didn't really, I think, plan to go to such a number. It's something that grew because of the success and also because the, the neighborhoods requested it exactly. from then on. About this temporarity of, of these playgrounds, that's also because, um, of course, they needed space to, to create these uh, public playgrounds. And I think the idea started to grow that they wanted to create a web of playgrounds so that each child had access to a place to play. And in order to do that, especially in the city center, which, of course, already was filled with buildings, they uh, often took uh, locations such as... Um, uh, broken down houses and they demolished uh, what was there to create a location for a playground or they used these squares uh, and placed the playground in the center of the square and sometimes they even uh, brought in the sidewalks so these were all places that were temporarily because eventually a building would have to uh, come Maybe back come, or yeah, a exactly. parking lot or something else So, and also this is why I, what we are trying to say that it was really this bottom up uh, planning for playgrounds so there was not a predefined idea of like okay this is how many we have to have and this is how many there will be it's important to remember that in 1947 the adults of amsterdam were looking for ways to bring something like normal childhood back for their kids after the horrors of the war the nazis had started bombing dutch cities as early as 1940 to prevent the British from gaining a foothold on the continent. Around 70% of all Jews living in the Netherlands had been murdered by the Nazis by the end of the war. And in the winter of 1944-45, the last winter of the war, the Nazis cut off food supplies to the Netherlands in retaliation for the actions of Dutch resistance fighters. Around 20,000 Dutch people died during what was known as the Hunger Winter. The devastation of the Netherlands was so widespread that the Dutch received the second largest amount of money per capita from the Marshall Plan. When the Dutch celebrate Independence Day each year on May 5th, they are celebrating their liberation from the Nazis at the end of World War II. Remnants of the past were basically replaced by some kind of a future plan, but that was the notion that was going on in architecture in that times in a lot of capitals in Europe, that this whole planning for the future and for the new neighborhoods was supposed to a little bit like um, change and erase the memory and change the kind of a, uh, the world and have a different vision, I think, 
So in that, I, we have to understand that in, in that context, this project was also possible. The playgrounds of Amsterdam grew organically. They proved to be incredibly popular, and so they stayed. Thanks to the careful observations of Jacoba Mulder and the brilliant work of Aldo van Eyck, a temporary solution to a terrible problem is now a treasure hidden in plain sight. As a child playing on these playgrounds, I really didn't know uh, anything about them other than how I was using them as a child. Um, but I would say one of the most important things I learned was um, how Aldo van Eyck's design thinking was all based around these ideas that um, play is an important, huge uh, factor in um, the um, development of a child. And he made sure that with his, his play elements, he would uh, stimulate the child's creativity, their imagination. He would stimulate them uh, to, to move rather than creating moving elements. And he would always uh, invite for interaction. And I think these are very important themes when you design a playground because they play a huge factor in the life of a child and their development. Okay, so now we know the history and we know that Amsterdam is the undisputed world champ when it comes to playgrounds. We do know that, yes. I think I see the connection here, but what does this story tell us about professional dads? For me, the whole thing happened because of a work trip. I might have visited Amsterdam eventually, but because of the timing of that work trip, I found out about all this at an age when I could still visit with my daughter when she was still a kid. Work travel can sometimes feel like a hassle, but this time it was really an incredible gift. And I'm guessing the playgrounds trip made a big impression on her. It's one of the greatest moments in our relationship. It made a real experience out of our shared love of playing, of engineering, of travel, really brought it all together for us. This was also the most relaxing vacation I'd had in years. A week of riding bikes and playing on playgrounds made me feel like a kid again, and I didn't know how much I needed that. So the conclusion for today is that professional dads know how to play. Oh, we really do. And if you want to play in Amsterdam like my daughter and I did, you can find the Play Amsterdam guidebook at playamsterdam.nl. 17 Playgrounds is online at 17playgrounds.com, and you can also follow the project on Instagram at 17.playgrounds. For those of you out there swinging your beat at the playground, yo, we want to hear about it. Leave us a message on the Dadline mailbox at 1-412-684-DADS. That's area code 412-684-3237. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here again soon.